The following has been prepared solely for informational purposes, and it is not an offer or a solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security. The information presented today is the opinion of the firm and is not intended as investment advice and should not be used as such. Welcome to Biblically Based Wealth Management with your host, Kevin Bruce. On this show, Kevin combines academic, behavioral, and biblical financial principles to separate the wheat from the chaff in investing and retirement planning. Now, here's your host, Kevin Bruce. Today, we're going to take a look at retirement. When you see ads on TV or in the magazines, retirement always seems to be portrayed as an endless vacation. You see retirees dancing, playing golf, traveling the globe with what appears to be no concerns in the world. However, there's a lot more to think about when building your retirement plan than just how much money you'll need to retire and what you'd like to do with your money in retirement. So today we're gonna compare how retirement is portrayed in our society versus the real world data and observations of actual retirees. And as always, we're gonna look at retirement from a biblical perspective and discuss what you can do to best position yourself to get the most out of your retirement. Before we get rolling, let's take a look at a little retirement history and see how the public perception of retirement has changed over time. While the idea of a pension goes back to at least ancient Rome when payments were made to warriors, the idea of retirement as we know it today is broadly attributed to 1883 when the German Chancellor Otto von Bismarck announced that everyone over the age 65 would be forced to retire and pay a pension. But it should be noted that he didn't do this out of the kindness of his heart, rather an attempt to fend off his political rivals, who just happened to be Marxists. In the United States, although pensions existed for military, railroads, and civil service at the time, in the early 1900s, factories began to have an issue with older employees. They were slowing down assembly lines, taking more and more sick days, and hampering the overall output of the plants. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, in 1900, the labor force participation rate of men aged 65 and older was 63%. So 63% of men aged 65 or older were still working. And for the most part, these men were not working desk jobs. They were performing physical labor. Farms and factories were the primary employers in those days. The average work week in 1900 was about 60 hours. So let's just reflect on that for a moment. In 1900, 63% of men aged 65 and older were working, doing physical labor for an average of 60 hours a week. Compare that to today where approximately 26% of people aged 65 or older work an average of 38 hours a week with a majority not performing physical labor. But at that time, post-industrial revolution, many jobs were commoditized, meaning There were fewer jobs that required a true craftsman or a skilled worker that had years of apprenticeship. Instead, more jobs were that of assembly line workers, where any one individual's contribution was clearly defined and very narrow in scope, which allowed for a worker to easily be replaced. So for employers favoring younger, more productive employees, pensions became a carrot to get older workers to retire. Older employees at the time weren't so quick to adopt retirement as they wanted to maintain their spirit of pride providing for their family and the idea of walking away from a job because you reach a certain age was foreign to them. 
they didn't want to be seen as having outlived their usefulness. But with the continued proliferation of pension plans and retirement, Americans began to view retirement as something that they had earned, and something to be proud of, and something to look forward to. So much so that today, some people are willing to spend 75% of their lives in careers that they don't enjoy in order to reap the benefits of its retirement plan for the last 25% of their life. When we look at work and retirement from a biblical perspective, in Genesis 2.15, we see that God created work. It says, The Lord took man and placed him in the Garden of Eden to work it and watch over it. And we should note that this was at a time before there was sin in the world. Things were still perfect, just as God had designed them. This was also before the existence of money, pension plans, or 401ks. So the concept of work is biblical. It was created by God himself. However, what is noticeably absent in the Bible is that there is no mention of retirement. There's no mention of a time when God said, once you have enough money, you should cease your vocation and seek vacation for the remainder of your life. Although in the book of Numbers, in some translations, the word retire is printed when God gave instruction to Moses regarding how the Levites should serve in the tabernacle, saying from age 25 to 50, but at the age of 50 they are to cease or retire from serving in one capacity and to take up another. So although the word retire may be in the Bible, depending on the translation you read, it certainly doesn't have the same meaning as when we use it today. But please, don't get me wrong. When I say there's nothing in the Bible about retirement, that doesn't mean retirement is good or retirement is bad. It just means it isn't in there. But what I think a lot of what the Bible says about work is referring to our calling, our unique purpose in kingdom work, a purpose that we can't outlive our usefulness, like those old factory workers, a purpose where we will always be the most qualified candidate for the role, a purpose that won't be downsized, a purpose that may or may not be a part of your occupation. Maybe by retiring, you'll have more time to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Or maybe your occupation gives you the best opportunity to fulfill God's purpose in your life. That is something you need to seek God's direction in. But I strongly recommend you understand that dynamic before you make any moves. So now let's take a look at some real-world data about retirement and see how that compares to the way retirement is portrayed in our society. The first thing we'll look at is when will you retire and why? According to a 2020 Retirement Confidence Survey by the Employee Benefit Research Institute, 70% of current workers believe that they'll retire at age 65 or older. However, only 30% of current retirees made it to age 65 prior to retiring. Probably the most concerning thing for me when I look at this statistic is that it appears that a large percent of people retired before they thought they would. Now, that could be a good thing or a bad thing, depending on the reason for their earlier than expected retirement. So to answer that question, and our question as to why people retire, we can look at the top three reasons provided in the study. And there's a tie for the number one position, and that ties between health problems and disability and company downsizing or closing. On a good note, at a close third was the ability to afford early retirement. Now, the third reason is a risk I can live with, but the other two 
that are tied for first, health issues and downsizing, are concerning for me because they're largely out of our control. They can have a significant financial impact on us, and we're really limited in our ability to hedge against these risks. So our takeaway from this study is that retirement could be coming sooner than we think, and it may be coming for reasons that we're not anticipating. From a retirement planning perspective, it would be a prudent exercise to consider the consequences of items such as early retirement due to health or job loss and how that would affect your long-term goals and your overall retirement plan. Now that we have some perspective on the timing of retirement, let's turn to the quality of retirement. Is it the endless vacation that we see portrayed in the media, or is it something else? In a 2012 study, Dr. Elizabeth Horner of the University of California, Berkeley, found that retirees experience a sugar rush of well-being and life satisfaction directly after retirement, followed by a sharp decline in happiness just a few years later. In her analysis of cross-sectional data from 16 countries in Western Europe and the United States, she found that most retirees experience the rush-crash pattern regardless of the age that they retired. The typical retirement pattern starts out with excitement as you have a sense of freedom during this time. You'll do those things that you've always wanted to do. Go on trips, pursue hobbies, spend time with friends and family, whatever it may be. And that period can last a while, but eventually the excitement wears off. And then you start asking yourself, now what? And that's when retirement starts to change. And this really shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. We're all actually wired this way and have experienced it in our lives. Our neurological system is wired so that when we do something new, it will make an assessment of that activity. And then via neurotransmitters essentially tell us, yes, that was good, that was fun, that's exciting, let's do that again. Or it may say, no, that's not good, let's not do that again. But even if it's initially determined to be a good thing that should be repeated, if we repeat it enough, if we continue to do it over and over again, eventually your neurotransmitters will quit sending such a strong message about it. And what happens is you get used to it. And eventually you find yourself looking for something else. One example for me was that I used to love snow skiing. In college, I moved to Colorado and I skied for the University of Colorado. And at the time, it was a dream come true. I was skiing almost every day. But somewhere along the line, somewhere over a four-year period, what was fun transferred into being a job. But I wasn't even aware of this transition until my junior year when I I tore my ACL on my knee. And I wasn't allowed to ski for four months. So my first day back after surgery and I was allowed to get on the slopes, I was told I had to stick with the easy stuff, stay away from the bumps, and just take it easy. And I had an absolute blast. I hadn't had that much fun skiing in years. And I remember thinking to myself, I had actually forgot that skiing was fun. Even though skiing was the very reason I was in Colorado in the first place. Maybe a more applicable example would be, it's like when you buy a new car. At first, you love driving it. It's got the new car smell. It has the new bells and whistles. And it's just fun to drive. Even when you're doing the most mundane tasks, you enjoy the outing because you're enjoying your new car. But how long does it actually last? After six months or a year, you still enjoy it, but the amount of enjoyment starts to decrease, and it continues to decrease over time, to eventually you just get used to it, and the novelty has worn off. So the takeaway here is that endless leisure time alone won't fulfill us during retirement. It may keep us occupied for a while, but eventually 
We'll need something more if we want to thrive in retirement. From a biblical perspective, Jesus said it best, as he usually does in John 9, 4, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. I think what Jesus is saying here is that our time on earth is limited. We must focus on God's will while we can. Ephesians 5, 15 and 17, Paul says, Be careful how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So I think we can sum up these two verses by saying, We want to be good stewards of the time that God has given us. We should be wise with it, spending it doing His will. But don't worry, this doesn't mean you can't have leisure time and do the things that you're planning. Doing God's will and having fun are not mutually exclusive. But through following God's will, you will have true purpose and meaning in your life, and you won't look to these outside activities that follow a rush-crash pattern to give you everlasting fulfillment. Just a quick side note, if you've missed part of this show or would like to hear the previous ones, they're available as podcasts. Just look for Biblically Based Wealth Management wherever you get your podcast, or you can go to my website at watersidewealth.com. That's watersidewealth.com and click radio at the top. Now, another area of concern for retirees is the physical, mental, and emotional decline that can take place in retirement. There are many studies documenting this. One example is a study conducted by the National Bureau of Economics Research found that complete retirement, meaning stopping, can lead to a 5 to 16% increase in difficulty associated with mobility and daily activities, a 5 to 6% increase in illness conditions, and a 6 to 9% decline in mental health over an average post-retirement period of just six years. One thing they noted in the study was retiring at a later age may lessen or postpone poor health outcomes for older adults, raising well-being and reduce the utilization of healthcare services. I don't say this to try to prevent you from retiring, but just to illustrate the importance of staying mentally and physically engaged. And that doesn't mean you have to keep your 9 to 5, but you should have something in your life to keep you on your toes, both physically and mentally, that is. So to wrap up this section, I hope you understand that I don't say all of this to scare you. I just want you to know that the evidence suggests there's a lot more to think about when building your retirement plan than just how much money you need to retire and what you want to do with the money during retirement. But the good news is that God's plan for you is a plan that will last your entire lifetime and a plan that will give you purpose and meaning so that you'll get the most out of your retirement. Well, that's about it for today. In closing, please remember that retirement planning is about much more than just how much you'll need to retire and what you'd like to do with your money in retirement. You want to focus on your purpose, not just a fancy to-do list, but being a good steward of the time and talent and treasure that God has given you and by spending it doing His will. Thanks for your time today. Have a wonderful week and may God bless America.